All right, welcome into another edition of Catching Up with Tommy Mack here on 1010XL's podcast platform at 1010XL.com. Of course, on the 1010XL app as well. Brought to you by my good friends at Team Tommy Mack. Just a great group of businesses getting it done right here in Northeast Florida the right way. Of course, I'm in the 1010XL studios. We're also live on Facebook, which will then be shared all over the place, every platform you listen to or watch uh, your favorite podcasts and uh, all over social media as well. Courtesy of Grammage, my esteemed producer who's working on. Do you have a good connection there, Grammage? On the thing? Okay, very good. How you doing this morning, my friend? Doing all right? Oh, yeah. There you go. Good morning to you. Doing uh, fantastic. Yeah. The, the weather's been phenomenal for oh like my two gosh. straight weeks. So. I know. I took a walk on the uh, the old beach yesterday, man. It was it was awesome. So gorgeous. Like, it's a good thing that I live where I live because, like, I'm, I'm sure if I was more used to more, like, overcast weather and stuff, it, I'd get more used to it. Yeah. But, dude, I get, like, sad when it's, like, rainy for more than, like, a day and it's, like, cloudy and I don't see the sun. I hate it, man. Well, here's what I'm trying to fix, man. I, mean, I got some kind of crap going on with my uh, my Facebook, but that's all right. Um, I I could live with this weather year-round. Like, I like the cold in the morning. You know, I don't necessarily like waking up and it's cold, you know, because, you, you know, I mean, not cold, like up north cold, but, you but know, know what you're saying. Yeah. just chilly. And then, but then it warms up with the sun and then it's beautiful. I mean, from, you know. Whenever it gets, starts getting warm, like 10 o'clock to like 5 o'clock, oh, man, that's some of the best weather that you can ask for. You don't need AC. You don't need heat. You got it all. You Now, sometimes you got to be in the sun. Like If you're in a shade, sometimes like, man, it is a little still so breezy. a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, nonetheless, man, uh, look, I've been here, I don't know, 28 years. I think my blood has thinned. And uh, that's all right, man. I'm 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 good with that. All right, we're going to take a look around. Of course, the National Football League. We're going to talk Jags, heavy Jags today. Um, a lot about the uh, offensive line and center position, free agency and draft. I've got my thoughts on that. I've also got my thoughts on maybe the uh, the skill position lineup for 2024. What I think maybe could happen. I think it's a great lineup. We'll talk about Foyer Aluakin. I know there's talk out there. Should they keep him? Should they not? We'll talk about that. We'll talk draft a little bit. Um, and we'll also take a look around the NFL, like I said. Interesting story out of uh, Buffalo with Dion uh, Dawkins, the beast offensive lineman, and what he had to say on a podcast. Uh, we'll get into all of that today. But I'm telling you, after I read what he says, the the first thing I thought of, I wish every O lineman that we had was that like that, like that. There is like, you don't even get to talk to seventeen. He says, if you're on the other team, you don't get to talk to Josh Allen. Says Deion Dawkins, if you're playing the Bills, not to let alone you know you can't even talk to him. He's gonna come after you. But anyway, we'll get into that. But that's the kind of attitude uh, that I'm looking for. Um, look. You know, big talk with the Bears at number one. We're not going to dive into it a ton, um, but big talk in the fact, what do they do with that pick? Uh, their star wide receiver says, keep Justin Fields. Does that mean anything? You know, does it, it's got to mean something. I mean, DJ Moore, uh, one year with, with Fields, right? Um, 
Or was that his second? No, one year with one Fields. Year, yeah. Had a monster year. Uh, could have been even better. Um, he's sitting there saying, look, I think he's more div- ready to go than any of these prospects that you think you're going to drop in here. And, you look, is there really just one? You know, Drake May's not going to be ready to take over Chicago. I don't think if they – if not that they would take him, number one. I'm not saying that. But, you know, Caleb Williams, maybe he's got the physical tools. Does he have everything else is a question. I, I got to question that. But how much stake do you put into one of your players? It's like, it's like here in, in Jacksonville. Trevor wants Ridley back. Now, you're not going to sit there and be like, all right, we got to make – I'm not saying that you're going to make your decisions based on what players do. But when your star players – Say something or want something? Do you do you lean a little bit towards that to to make everything kumbaya? I mean, if he's comfortable, we're comfortable. Kind of feeling. What do you uh, think? I I've I've typically go against that. All right, let me ask you this: What if you go the other way? What if they're thinking about keeping Ridley, but they're not sure? Let's go to Trevor. Trevor says, "You know what? Nah, he forgets too many plays." Do you do you de facto that into your thinking? You know what I'm saying? Like how yeah. much, I'm not saying it's all, you know, that that player's, you know, the weight's all on what that player thinks, but is there something like like if DJ Moore came to me and I'm Ryan Poles and he's like, Hey, Ryan, we, we gotta keep this guy. Uh, this guy's better than anybody coming out right now. I know I I could feel whatever whatever. I'm not sitting there, you go, okay, I'm all in on keeping fields, but wouldn't you when he leaves the room, he'd be like Okay, I guess that factors in. I got to feel that a little bit, right? I think QB and receiver are are different. I think yeah. QB, a QB's thoughts are going to hold a little more weight than a receiver on a team that wasn't that good in the Bears. I mean, they're they're, they're all right, but I, I guess out of the, the ones that were anyways, good, though, but... those two were good. Fields and more. Yeah, right. They were the best offense. Right. In the I just think that players typically are not going to be thinking about um like all the other like off the field factors that factor in. Yep. Like like part of the reason you'd move on from Justin Fields for Caleb Williams is you reset the yep. quarterback. You reset the contract. And maybe DJ don't want to go through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. a rookie like and, me. He's like, no man, we're <laughs> right. And, I don't want to go through this again, you know, or and DJ Moore, understandably so, because he's yep. a player that's playing right now. He's yep. thinking, well Justin Fields is better right now. Yeah, Agreed. of course that's true. Because right. Caleb Williams never played it down in the NFL. Agreed. But if you're Ryan Poles, you got to be thinking about the overall health and future of your entire roster. And if you get Caleb Williams, you get probably a higher ceiling than Justin Fields, and you get a much cheaper quarterback for the next three to four years. And maybe more time. Because I was going to say, you you got to win, though. Right. Because if you lose two years in a row, now they're going to question everything. Right. You know what I mean? you got to win with that. But Caleb Williams extends the hope window. Well, you get more Ryan maybe Holmes. get more time. Like, hey man, this is he's a rookie this year. So let's just say they don't have a good year. Or maybe right, it's a right. year like CJ Stroud. I don't know. But let's just say they don't have a good year. Well, now you gotta because if you don't have a good year with Justin Fields and you pass on it's Caleb a, Williams, probably gonna have a tough time retaining that job. What you won't what, depending on how Fields plays. One thing that we know for a fact that everyone could agree on, no matter what side of this fence you're on. Yeah. One thing everyone can agree on is what Ryan Poles would not survive from is if they pass on Caleb Williams and he goes somewhere and is awesome. Yeah. He won't survive that. Well, it depends how they do, because if they win, it won't matter, because winning trumps everything. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. But if I don't they... know. I, I get what you're saying. I, I obviously that would sting. You'd be like, oh man, just think what maybe if he was with us. But you know, you never know a system with gel and you know chemistry wise. Just because someone did. I mean, look, you, you take C.J. Stroud, you pluck him in anywhere else. Is he having the same year, or did they have a nice setup for him? He did great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's he's a very good player, but. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just a good fit. Good fit with the head coach. Good fit with the coordinator. Good fit with the playmakers. You know what I mean? Good, good fit, fit with, with the, the schedule. Si- with the schedule, with the system. Just everything. Jag- Jags you know? weren't quite. Jags weren't quite as good as they were cracked up to be. Titans yep. had a tough year. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like I don't know. Early. Throw well. I mean, C.J. Stroud would make some teams better. There's no doubt about. Oh, 100. That had a struggling quarterback. But he's already, a, in my opinion, know. he's already a top ten QB, like back end of the top ten. I, I want to see another year. He had a great rookie year, one of the best rookie years that you've seen in a long time. But you know what happens sometimes? They get you on tape. They figure you out. Can he overcome it? Maybe he can. I'm not saying he can't. That said, I, I do think we'll I, see. I think the Texans are gonna slide a little bit next year depends how he does i don't know they look they they did hit on both uh first round draft picks I mean, will anderson had a, had a nice year and he's gonna be that, a, tank he's, Dell is awesome. oh tank Dell's gonna be yeah he's gonna be in some injury this year but he's gonna be really good but they got it going on they definitely got it going on but whatever that's way out there in houston uh real quick on the can <laughs> I can't believe Cam Newton got in a uh, – and I love the, the 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 memes or whatever, the quotes, because he's got the Wicked Witch of the uh, West hat on with his hair coming out, and it never came off. Like, why would hat you attack – why would you even have any kind of beef at a seven-on-seven football tournament that you're not playing in, right? You're not actually competing in, and you're going after the guy that it's his. It was Cam Newton. And I don't know. and And – and you got to bring two buddies. Like that's a pro- this is a problem with the world today, man. And and, and people, th- some people, not all people, think that that's okay. Like, oh yeah, you jump in. No, you don't jump in. Like whatever happened in one on one. Now look, I'd never let my friend get beat up. There was no way I wouldn't let him get the crap kicked out of him. You hit him a couple. T- you know what I mean? Hit him once, whatever. I'm not just gonna let you, you know, wallop him into the turf. But I, w- I wouldn't. Just seems like that's the thing these days. The sucker punch, you know, the jumping in. Like it's not that doesn't make you tough. It makes you weak. It's like you're a you're a wuss when you do that. But why go after Cam Newton? And I told you this off air, like my Avery and I, my oldest, she was probably 14 at the time, almost 10 years ago or, or uh nine years ago. And Carolina was our opening game, and we're on the field when they used to let us go wherever we want on the field pregame. And here comes Cam Newton walking by. He was a rookie. I was like, and, and my Avery's like, holy cow, Dad, that guy's huge. I'm like, that's the quarterback. She's like, oh, we're in trouble today. <laughs> but he was. He was so proud. I don't know. Besides size, I just don't understand that. But, hey, Cam, you know what? Take no grief from nobody, man. I'm surprised he didn't throw a bomb. He had a chance to. I know he went for the, the toss off the stage, which looked pretty successful overall. Well, smack quick. It stuns him. He can stun him. There's no doubt about that. All right. Deion Dawkins, of course, of the Buffalo Bills. He's on a uh, 
some kind of program, Vlad TV. You know Vlad, Vlad, V-L-A-D, Vlad TV. Anyway, another, uh, you know, uh, channel out there for for content, which is great. Uh, obviously, the Bills and the New York Jets do not have a, you know, uh, they got a rivalry going. Uh, there was a beef in the tunnel. I did not know about that, but there was a beef in the tunnel this past year when the Bills beat up on the Jets. Uh, Michael Collins, a defensive lineman who was talking all types of grief, uh, Deion Dawkins went after him. The reason I'm bringing this up is, uh, now granted, Deion says, I hate all the Jets. I hate every one of them, except Quinnen Williams, because he's got to go against him, I guess, occasionally. Don't want to make him mad. But he said, except him, he's cool. Everybody else I ha- hate. And he's talking about a time where Clemens is trying to get to Josh Allen and And he's like, man, I'm the OG. If anyone's going to punch someone in the face, it's me. I've been here a long time. You don't talk to 17. You don't talk to 17, man. You stay on your side. We're going to, anyway, the reason I bring it up, that's the kind of attitude that we need on this offense. That's what I'm talking about. And I think Cam has that. I think Anton may have a little bit of it. He may have even more after his, you know, not going into his second year. But that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, you're the bodyguard of Trevor. Nobody touches him. You don't talk to Trevor. You know, you think about like, I don't know, have you ever been in a, I've seen it plenty of times back in the day, but, you know, you had a, like a party and there's some famous people there and they're surrounded by bodyguards and you don't just come up and talk to them. You don't. Bodyguards, <laughs> get out of the way. What are you talking about? Like, get get out of here. You know what I mean? But I love that attitude, and I hope I hope our offensive linemen across the board get to that kind of attitude. I thought we had it. We clearly didn't have it in 2023. So I think that's got to be part of the factor. Look, we're talking about center. We're talking about guard. you, you got to be athletic to play in Doug's scheme. There's no doubt about that. Your center has to be very athletic. Fortner is very athletic. He can pull. He can get around. He can do all that. Um, but you have to be athletic. Now let's find some nasty in that athletic. You know what I mean? Bring them two together. We can't. Jason Kelsey does it. One of the most athletic centers to ever play the game at that position, and he brings the nastiness. That's the kind of guy that I want to see. But I'll tell you this, Grammage, because I know a lot of people talking about the kid out of uh, out of Oregon, um, Jackson Powers Johnson. Yeah, CPJ, is, I think is his name, right? Jack? No, JPJ. JPJ. Um, I don't want you to reach for him. Because we have a needed center. If he's a, if he's the highest rated guy right there at 17, fine. But not if he's number 29. I see him at the lower first round as far as greats. There's some other centers that are out there as well. But man, I want to uh I want to uh I want to get some aggressiveness in here, some nastiness on that offensive line. I agree on re- you don't want to reach too far if if you're picking at 17 and he's on your board at you know, 31 and you've got 10 or higher. Forget it. And you've got it. seven other players and four of them are at positions you could use. Yep. Like I get it. I will say, I do think that in the past, in the last couple of drafts, I do think that the Jaguars have suffered from sticking to the board a little bit too much. And there's just been guys that have been taken that just, that don't play. I mean, it, it hasn't been quite that early. It hasn't been like first round picks, but like yeah. Chad Muma doesn't play. He doesn't see the field. Yeah, and that was a value pick. No, I that know that was a high value. No, he, well, he plays special teams, but that's not. You don't take a special teamer in the third round. No, and yeah. and Ventral Miller. I agree with and that. I know Ventral Miller got hurt, so that's not totally yeah, fair. Yeah, right. Ventral Miller could have been totally healthy. He still wouldn't have played. Yeah. 
So, well, if he's fast like they say he is, and he can make plays, we'll see. So um, I just think that I, I I definitely agree with you that that there is a point where it's like, okay, this is too far. It's too far. Don't, don't do reach. I do think though that as a GM, there needs to be a little bit of wiggle room here. Okay, if five, if you're not ten. You can't go higher than ten. I don't yeah. think ten spots. Five maybe. Yeah. If you're picking at seventeen, it. and you've got him, yeah, like twenty second. Yeah, on your board, and you know the guys between your pick and him play. You know, yep. there's there's a quarterback in there, and there's a, a another inside linebacker in there, and positions you don't need. Yeah, then I'm cool with the reach because I think that the need closes the gap. But yep. you can't draft just on need. But I don't think you can also draft just on best player. Well, play and, and well, it's not their only need. So that's part of the problem. Yeah, 100%. Right? I mean, because you got correct. some tackles that could be coming through at that moment. You got a corner or two that could be there. It's I'm talking 17. Yeah, and yeah, if you yeah, stick yeah. at 17, um, you're you're gonna have some options. Especially so, at sorry, sorry. No, you're all right. Especially at what I was gonna say. Especially at tackle because yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know what you just said, and I agree that like. The nastiness and the attitude is super important. Yeah. That said, there's almost no way Cam Robinson is going to be here next year, unfortunately. You know, I kind of have that feeling, too. But here, here's the thing, though. I think you got to grab a tackle then because, again, I, I hate – I if you, I know it sounds like I'm always on Walker. I like Walker Little. I've met him. He's a nice guy. It's not, got nothing to do with that. I just, I just know nothing in the NFL with, happens without a reason, and there's a reason he's never been the guy. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. I don't know why. I think I know why, but I don't know why. Now, that doesn't mean he's not valuable to the team. That doesn't mean he can't be a great backup. But I think if he's going to be, the, they would have named him the guy. It wouldn't even, and, and, and I'm not talking now. He's had plenty of times to capture positions, to be the starter. He's and never it, taken a position, put a stranglehold on it, and said. Never taken. He's filled in nicely. You got to give him credit with that. He has. He, when when called upon, he's filled in nicely. But when starting, and be, he just doesn't. It's not consistent enough. So, are you going to pass on? You know the, these these tackles that that could be there. That kid out of I think he's out of Washington. Fautanu. Yeah, I like him. They say quick feet, nasty. I haven't watched. I'm not going to sit here and say I break down any tape. And by the way, high, watching highlight film is not breaking down tape. Just for the record out there, but they say he's nasty with quick feet. I want, and how do you pass on that? Because one thing I'll tell you, nothing happens without reason. One thing that keeps standing out to me about Trent Balky's press conference is what? Yes, we think Anton can play left tackle. They don't just say that to say that. So what does that mean? He'll eventually be our left tackle. You know, unless you find a left tackle that's better than him, which I don't think you're going to at this point. I don't think Walker Little's a better left tackle than than uh, Anton, or well, we don't know with Anton, but athletically speaking, all the tools, I take a shot at that. You know, do, can can Walker play right tackle? I don't know. He hasn't really taken over that position. He had a chance to with Jawan Taylor. Jawan fought back and won that job and had the best year of his career. And now a Super Bowl champion with sixty million guaranteed. Good for him. I mean, what, I will say the way the world works is phenomenal. I agree with you that I wish Walker Little at this point would have taken over a position. I definitely agree with you there, at least one of the tackle spots. But I will also say, to be fair to him, they have moved him around too much. Okay. I mean, he's playing. To, you know why, though? Because he can't. To yeah, find that's, where that's he true. fits best. That's true. It, and it's by a the way, street, I agree. it's, uh, it's Balky's guy. 
He picked him. So that says even more. Like, I picked him in the second round. He's got to be one of our he's starters. He's got to find a spot. There's no, yeah. you know, so I look, again, I think he's valuable. I just think they, they would call him the starter or be one of those guys if he was one of those guys. So do they figure that out? Look, there are some free agent centers that – could be in the mix, and I'm not talking the, the top three, the Connor Williams. He's coming off an ACL, which was in week 14, stud from Miami. He was at, at Dallas as a guard, was a stud there, great as a center. Um, you know, is he going to take less? You know what I mean? Could you get him at a good deal? I don't know. Um, but there are a couple other guys I noticed that, that I think could fit. Uh, Aaron Brewer, the center for the Titans, very athletic. Again, you have to be athletic to play in this. If it's the same offense that Doug's going to run, you have to be athletic at that that center position. They like for you to pull and uh, and lead the charge. They pull guards too, and ta- they pull everybody, but they want that center ultra athletic. Uh, the kid from the Rams, they just let him go. Uh, Coleman Shelton, don't know a ton about him, but he's in that top five ranking of the center. Brewer, I've watched play. I think he's a pretty decent player. Um, there was a Brewer here. It's not this, obviously not the same Brewer. Wasn't there a Brewer here, a backup? I think he's on this practice squad. There's a Blake offense. Hance. No, not Blake. Not Blake. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have that bad CTE, <laughs> man. No. Anyway, I thought there was. But nonetheless, I think you can find a center. He doesn't have to be the best center. He's just got to be a really good center. And that fits what you're trying to do. And then you, the good thing is about, I feel like in this offseason, last offseason was we got everybody we need. We don't really need anybody. This offseason is we have multiple needs. And I think we're in a good spot at 17 to have a shot at multiple players that can be first-day starters from the get-go. And I agree with you on Cam. Back to Cam. We didn't – I just – I don't know. I, I feel like especially if Anton can play left and they feel he can play left and he's going to play left, then you don't you don't need Cam. And you save $16 million you don't against need, the cap. You don't, and, and Cam will go somewhere. He'll get a chance to continue his career as he should. He'll get, you know, he'll, he'll do fine. But it might be time to move on from Cam. You know, the and, injuries, the suspension. I, I Listen, if he, if I, I'll tell you this. If you can guarantee me that Cam Robinson's going to give me 17 games at left tackle and play the way he played prior to the injury, prior to the, uh, you know, before, after before the suspended year, I guess. Maybe the year, you know what I mean? When he's on point, I would take that. I would pay him the $16 million. But I, you can't guarantee me that. It's it's tough. It's just the injuries and, and, and the suspension, that's over with. I can't, you know, it hurts, you know. But it's more injuries than anything. Can you count on that? I don't think you can. Well, it's the injuries paired with the suspension. It's not that we're still grilling him for the suspension. It's just the fact that. When you're came a guy, at a bad time, and when time. and when you're a guy that what? already struggles to stay on the field because of injury, you can't yeah. be missing four more games for something else. Right, no, that's the right. problem. You're if right it was like that. it's a one-time isolated thing, like whatever, like it's it, I'm not sitting here saying Cam. No, Robinson, I know what you're saying, but you get what I mean. It's yeah. just it's just the overall effect of like, dude, you just got to be on the field more for what they're paying you. Yeah, like that's the issue. It's like I agreed. agreed. He's played, so he's been in the league since 2017. I believe three seasons, or I guess four now. Yeah. He has missed substantial time. I think it's three. I think it's yeah. three. It's 18, 22, and last year. No, you may. Yeah. 
You make a great point um, because that's where the business side comes in. Yeah, we can't like- we can't pay you to not be out there. We can't take the risk of you not being out there because at at a certain point that contract's guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like if you keep them at sixteen mil, uh, regular season hits, it's fully guaranteed for the year. Then he gets hurt in your week three. I don't know. You just look. Anybody can get hurt. I understand that. But if Anton can play left, maybe it's time to just say, you know what? Be my left tackle. Kid's tough, man. Played through that shoulder injury all year. He's only going to get better, in my opinion. And I, I don't I don't disagree with you that um because we've talked about this multiple times and we're both in agreement that like, man, we really wish Walker Little would have seized some sort of opportunity at this point. But that said, if Walker Little's one of my starting tackles opening day, I'm I'm fine with it. I don't oh, think yeah. it's like Yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and say we're like, in trouble. I'm not, just they're not trotting out a liability out there. First of all, my whole point of bringing him up wasn't how I feel about him as a player. It was the fact that nothing happens without reason. And if he was right, right. the oh, guy, 100%. he'd be the guy. We wouldn't even be talking about anybody else. He wouldn't be drafting anybody else. They may have never even drafted Anton. No, right, right. Because they drafted Anton After because Cam. Suspension. They knew Cam was suspended. Right. And if they if they thought Cam could or uh, Walker would be the guy, that's all I'm saying. I th- look. He's got all the tools. Um, we'll see if he can. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did. He was hurt. Got to give him, you know. But by now, you got to know one way or the other. And I think if he was my left tackle or right tackle or whatever, I would have named him as such. And you, you know this too, being being a guy that played in the league and and you had your own injuries you had to deal with. Like Cam, at this point, it's it's been it's really been his knees. More he's hurt his knees multiple times, like severely. No, I know. And the older you get. The more they have been injured in the past, yep. the more likely it is to happen again, man. Right. This is different. Like, it's not like you get banged been- up. It it happens. Yeah, and and it's that starts to pile up. And Cam's not an old player, but I think when you factor in his injuries with the fact that he's almost thirty, it's more like a player that's been mostly healthy. Yep. It's more like if if they were like you know thirty three, thirty four, because he's just been hurt so much. No, just- I know. He listen. He's gotten better as. Time has gone on, and I I really like Cam. If they can figure it out, you know, look, maybe they restructure him or whatever. I'm not getting in a man's pocket, but I you know I love that tenacity. You say I'm, you're fine with Walker Little. If Cam came back with my left tack, I'd be fine with that. And Walker's backing him up. I'd be fine with that. That'd be fine. You want to do that for another year and focus your attention on something else? As long as you feel like they can take care of Trevor. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Can you take care of the quarterback? And not let him get hit, and not step on his ankle because you got pushed back. Freak injury, but you got yeah, you get yeah. pushed back. You can't get pushed back. I mean, you gotta. Sometimes it'll happen. I understand that, but overall, that just, cannot happen. And I think last last thing, I'll, last point I'll make on the on the line. Um, part of I think people's concern is yep. you got Ezra Cleveland, Cam Robinson. And Brandon Sheriff all have you got to make decisions on all those. Yeah, guys. yeah. And I don't think anybody would be super up in arms about letting any of those three walk. But if you let all three walk, now you're looking at a, a huge up, overhaul. Yeah, yeah you got to start over. In my opinion, the offensive line was so bad. I'm okay with a big overhaul. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the, the O line wasn't impressive last year. So why no. why am I going to be averse to? Yep. Starting over with most guys other than Anton. I think they're they're gonna factor in uh and want to see what he can do with Cooper Hodges. So they'll they'll think of him as a draft pick because they, you know, he missed all last year and was a rookie. 
he looked like he had some promise, but it was only camp and only practice, and I'm not going digging anything out of those practices any longer for what they, right. what was going to happen in a game. But he did show some promise. Um, with Sheriff, look, I I just I I think he's banged up, and if the the body can't you know produce at a high level because you're banged up, then you got to consider moving on. You're I mean, just going to have to. It's and, and look, when he first got here, he was he was great, you know. And you're paying him a ton of money, a ton too. Of money. The dead money's higher with him, so you don't save as much as you save with Cam. Right. But the issue with with Sheriff is you have an aging player, you have a player in his in his 30s that struggled a lot last year because he was battling injury. Yeah. I don't really see a world where that player gets better. Um, He's nope. on the downturn of his career, and, yeah. and he has, he's had a great career, but it's just... I do think there's something to look if 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 the center's getting worked, you know what I mean. And I don't know, 100%. but they're it's not. Getting, they're, fe- they're not changing the center. No, they're not going to replace him. Every you better every... build around him. Well, then look, there are some centers aside from uh, the Powers Jackson kid, like the kid from Duke, kid from West Virginia. If you have a second rounder and 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 Johnson's, yeah, you you invest in that. I'm okay with that, but just make sure you got the guards and the center. And if it's look, I, it, it's funny. Look, I, I know how it goes, and and a lot of it's warranted. But people jump. You know, Fortner's the the bad guy now. You know, he's the one. You know. Um, I'm not saying it's not warranted, but again, nothing happens without reason. If they feel like he's okay, he'll be your center. Well, it's the it's kind of back to the Walker Little thing you were saying. He's their pick. Yeah, they're gonna and he was a relatively high pick for them. Yep, and they're gonna give him every opportunity to fail before before they're convinced he yeah. can't play. Right, and kind of like what you were saying, like. The one like one of the main things you took from Balky's press conference was Anton can play Anton left. Anton can play left. One of the main things I took from Balky's press conference and Doug's end of season press conference was that they're not moving on from Luke Fortner. Yeah. No matter how much the rest of us want to, he's going to be their center. I would be shocked at this point if he's not. They've yeah. both said stuff like he's a foundational piece. He's integral to this offensive line. Yep. And they're not going to throw him under the bus. Obviously, right. no. That's well, he's not their draft do. pick. You can't, right? Unless but, he's god awful, god awful. But we, we don't feel know he's god awful. Ways to read between the lines, squared. Yeah. We we all know the ways to read between the lines on if they're thinking about moving on. They would they would have used words when they were asked about Luke Fortner. They would have used words like competition. Right. We're gonna we're gonna bring we're gonna. You know, everyone's job is available type yeah. of, you know, you know, the coach speak stuff. They yeah. say they yeah. would have said stuff like that and they right. didn't. Right. They said he's a foundational piece. Right. So by the way, he on. never mentioned Cam during that at all. So, you know what I mean? Exactly. So that's another thing like that, that, you know, that make that makes you want think that they're thinking, you know, what, maybe it's time to move on or we, we got to make sure he takes a cut or we restruct whatever we do, whatever we do. We'll see how that shakes down. But you do have some players. You got free agent centers, you got draft pick centers, and you've got some uh good looking uh draft pick tackles that could be there at number seventeen. Tyler Guyton, another one. Only fifteen starts, but very athletic, uh elite, they say, as far as athletic traits. So do you take a shot at a kid like that? Maybe in the second round, if you still have that second round pick. All right, let's talk more Jags. I got an idea on my starting five as far as uh, 
uh, weapons for Trevor Lawrence. Brought to you by Team Tommy Mac. Just a great group of businesses getting it done for you, whether it's flooring, with the Carpet Man, a new place to go eat, graffiti, burger bar. You need some insurance. Michael Nickus' State Farm is the best. Uh, you want a place to stay or need stuff to rent at the beach, go to beachliferentals.com. Hey, uh, parents, I'm going to put out there on Facebook about Code Ninjas. They've got camps this summer to put your kids in. they got four great locations. Some of the best sausage in town, Azar Sausage, third-generation homegrown down home. Homeware goods, indoor, outdoor, food, clothes included at less than wholesale prices. Family-owned and operated Solomon Ventures. Of course, get you out of jail if you get thrown in jail. And they'll get you out quick. Chris Lucero's Bail Bonds, number one name in the Bail Bond game. And J-Dog Junk Removal and Hauling, veteran-owned and operated. Hey, all you contractors out there, check them out. They've got a ton of uh, of uh, big... Uh, dispensers for you to throw all your construction and debris in and they'll do it at a very competitive price i believe i got them all and there's room for more so stay tuned for all of that all right how about this my friend grammage okay i i've been saying very vocally however they got it i want them to keep ridley okay i want them to keep ridley i want them to also bring in a gabe davis big Big target, red zone, can get down the field a little bit. You got Ridley with him. Can you fit the two in? Remains to be seen. I'm keeping Kirk as my slot. I think when you've got pieces in place and he's healthy, he's one of the better slot guys in the league. There's no doubt about it. He And, and Trevor and him got a great thing going on. Ingram, of course, he's our guy. He's going to continue to rise. And then the ETN. But think about that. Ridley, Davis, Kirk, Ingram, ETN. Pretty darn good, uh, you know, fivesome of weapons for Trevor to go to. Question is, can they fit it in? I don't know if they can. Obviously, a lot of things have to happen. We were talking about the offensive line. But Gabe Davis, to me, is that kind of guy that we need on this team, a possession type that's physical, that will get after it, um, and uh, a big target for for Trevor to make some plays in the red zone. So you're letting Zay Jones go? Yeah, Zay's got to go. I like Zay a lot, man. I do, and and I know the injuries hurt him, but I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's time to get some even bigger targets in here for Trevor. Give him a better chance to complete more passes. Um, I think you need Ridley for the deep. You know, I tell you what's interesting. You know, last uh, in camp, I mean, Zay looked like a number one. I was camp, but if he was healthy, let me ask you this question. Would you, if Zay was healthy and you don't have to do anything with his contract, would you just let Cal go? If you could fill in his replacement, say Gabe, Gabe Davis comes in to replace Zay and Zay slides over to replace Ridley. Very hypothetical. I doubt it'll happen, but what do you think? Um, Can he handle it? I don't know how much I like Gabe Davis. Is the is my issue? Okay, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm a huge Gabe Davis. Yeah, man, I guy. like him. But go ahead. Well, it's just it's. I mean, it's not that he's a bad player. He's a good player. But Stephon Diggs was what make make that offense go, and Gabe Davis was wide receiver too. I I I totally get what you're saying that it's the different body type, and it's it is it is a type of thing that they need. Yeah, I think 
part of Trevor's red zone struggles has been needing a bigger target yeah. to throw to in the red zone. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about paying Gabe Davis a bunch of money to come. Depends what, I, I it, depends what it is. Because yep. he's going to be on the open market. I think you'd have to pay him pretty handsomely yeah. to end up here. And I think I'd rather have Zay and Ridley. I think I'd rather run back with what we had than have yeah. Gabe Davis, personally. Well, the injuries are a concern with Zay, but factor that out. Uh, look, Gabe now, Davis said, thriving Gabe... because of digs. I mean, look, Kirk wouldn't thrive without outside presence. Yeah. He wouldn't at all. He'd be... He wouldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, he wouldn't do anything, but it's much easier to cover him. Can they fit it in? I, look, again, I want, I want, I wouldn't mind a bigger target, a possession type. Hey, Zay will run. He'll make tough catches. He's a baller on, on blocking. There's no doubt about that. Only thing, he, and he's not small. He's not small. I mean, he's, he's a pretty big guy. He's just not 6'4 big. What like I can will... get down the field and make some plays for you. What I will concede and what would excite me about Gabe Davis is um, it's kind of like what we were just saying. Like, this team and Trevor have a big red zone problem. Yeah. They got a huge red zone problem. You're right. And that type of guy, in theory, would really help you in the red zone. Yep. You need size. I never feel like they, they utilize Evan Ingram enough in the red zone, I personally. Agreed. It's weird to me. Agreed. It, it, he's such a good contested catch guy. Yep. And he and Trevor have that back shoulder thing they do yep. that always works. Um, it's always been weird to me that ten yard line and in basically they're not just well consistently look, throwing him contested catches. But it, it's easier to cover in a not so deep of a box, right? Yeah, because yeah. you're in the red zone. You know, I, I know I only have to cover so far down the field, so it's easier for me to cover. It's Harder to fit in throws because of that, and it'd be nice to have a bigger target. Right, which is why, again, I think it's weird that they don't utilize Ingram enough in that yeah. role because he is. A, I know he's a tight end, yeah. So who's guarding him is a little bit different, but he's still a big target. I don't disagree with you though that in that sense, I would be really excited about Gabe mm -hmm. Davis. I'd be like, mm -hmm. let's let's get me, especially with Doug. I know people don't like press, whatever, but I still trust them to yeah, get some I'm, advantageous matchups. Doug's going to handle what he's got to handle. Sorry. I would be I would be excited to see let's get Gabe Davis matched up on some smaller corners and let's let's throw up some basketball yeah. lobs and let him go get some rebounds in the end zone. Yeah. I, I would really like that. Yeah. I I I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Um I'll tell you look, I I one of Ridley's best routes I think that he had all year and it really developed throughout the year was that quick slant. I mean, him and Trevor got on it, you know, pretty good. Um, it, there are other routes too. There are routes he forgot. I I'll stand by that. But there are some routes that really Ridley really excels in. And you got I, it's it's surprising that you wouldn't do that more. You know what I mean? Even on a throw to uh Baltimore to Parker, you know, before the the end zone, the guy made uh number fourteen made a great play, Hamilton, right? That stopped that yeah, score. Yeah, 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 yeah. The slant you had the slant like it's there for the taking. So. You know, you got to just look. Again, I, I've been very vocal on, on keeping Ridley if you can. You know, it, second, third round pick, I know like in the, you know, the the world of putting value on, I know, well, you wouldn't, it's not the same. I get that. But, I mean, you can find, you can find plenty of good third round football players. And you got two fours. 
So kid, and they're they're two from each other, right? One, one, they're two spots from each other in the fourth round. Can you move up in the third round? Get two good third good football. I always felt look second round two. Don't get me wrong, but I always felt like third round you should be getting some really good football players. Might not be the fastest, biggest, strongest, all that, but they can play football and they make plays for you and they they stand out. I think so. rounds two through four are where great GMs separate themselves from good ones. Throwing a f- little bit of the fifth, right? You find a gem in the yeah. fifth oh, yeah, somehow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Bad, bad GMs are GMs that strike out with their first-round pick. That's a bad general manager. Yeah. And mismanages contracts and stuff. Yeah. A good GM is a guy that hits the obvious picks. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the high value, we're investing in this guy, those guys pan out. Yep. But doesn't always find gems, more value elsewhere. Right. Great GMs are those guys, second, third, fourth, fifth round. I'm finding high quality starters for football, my football players. Yeah, they yeah. start or play a significant role pretty much right away. And I still hit the big ones. Yeah, that's a great GM. That's yeah. that's Howie Roseman. Yeah, that's um the guy the guy that was on the he was the Ravens GM for forever. Ozzy Ozzy Newsom. Yeah, he's great. Um, that's those guys. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. How often do those guys have some guy you've never heard of in the fourth round that all right. of a sudden they're all pros. Right. Well, they fit their system. They fit their culture. There's something to that, man. And you're in a winning culture to begin with. You're right. in a culture that Expectations. Sets... Yeah, and you're, you're in a... I think the Jaguars, I think they now have that more with Doug. I, I, I like Doug's culture still. Even I know, I know they struggle back half the year, but I still like what they have in that locker room. For a very, very, very long time in this organization, you just had this stench of... This is not a place that sets players up for success. Yep. So it it rears itself in people saying, oh, what a bad draft pick. What a terrible pick, but yada, yada, yada. Well, how come some of these guys go elsewhere and thrive, though? Right. You know? And it's because there's certain teams that set guys up for success. When you were here in Jacksonville, yeah. Tom Coughlin set play. He might have been really hard. He might have been a hard ass, but he set you up to succeed. But it's the kind of player. Yeah, that's true. It's the kind of player that fits your culture that'll thrive the best. It's not just scheme. It's not just talent around them. It's the culture within. I mean, there's a lot to that. Um, Which brings me to my final topic of the day as we wrap up catching up with Tommy Mack here on 1010XL's platform. Um, Foyer Lewican, do a big number. All right, so let's – A, I don't want to pay him that. I want him to get that money, but I want him to restructure it somehow, you know. Um, always making plays. Maybe broke down a little bit at the end of last year, but the D-line sucked, and that was tough, my opinion. But guy that uh, makes plays constantly, uh, can still blitz, uh, makes plays in the pass game, returned a touchdown for an interception, interception for a touchdown. Um, why, if you, aside from Josh Allen, is he not the most, Probably the most productive player on that side of the ball. Oh, God, yeah. The past couple of years. I mean, Josh and it would be a good one-on-one. Who's more impactful? Josh is because he affects the quarterback more. But number two, are you ready to hand it over to Devin Lloyd? No. Right. Okay. No. Now, can you find somebody to draft or free? Maybe. Maybe. Look, I don't think middle linebacker is, you know, you got to be the, the greatest middle linebacker in the game to have a great defense. However, when a guy can do all three things really well, tackle, make plays, uh, cover, 
make interceptions, and blitz. I don't know why you'd ever want that guy to walk out the door, especially if you don't have anybody that you believe is going to take over that role. Now, again, I think he's due like 23 mil. He's So I was pulling that up real quick. Um, His cap hit, if they stick with his current deal and he plays on that, is 21.7. Okay. Um, If they cut him, his dead cap is 14.5. Yeah. So you basically save like 7 mil yeah. if you cut him. I'm not cutting him for 7 I'm million. For 7 million. See, that's the question then. Would you cut Foye Luakin to save 7 million? I say hell I no. I say hell no too. Yeah. I think the no 7 way. the 7 million there no. is worth the leadership. He the, makes plays. The the playmaking. Who else is going to make him? Right. The know-how. We were talking about this last night in uh Dylan Denmark uh yeah. pockets. Yeah. Um, we we had our podcast last night. We were talking about this, and he he brought up he wants to keep Foyer, but he he just brought up like kind of devil's advocate. He's like, how often does Foyer make like big splash, like impact plays? And I was like, well, he had the pick six, obviously, that arguably won that game. So that's that's a big yep. one. But but also like, how often did he make a tackle at? three yards that if he doesn't make the tackle, the running back gets a second level and it becomes a 40 yard gain. Well, that's a game changing, huge play, but it just, you don't notice it when it happens. Yeah. I think I tend to believe, and I'm not sitting there breaking every play down like that, but I tend to believe Foya makes a lot of those types of plays. Yeah. Stopping plays at the earliest part, they can be stopped without them. I think the, the, the game changing plays is gravy. You know what I mean? That's icing on the cake. Especially as a middle tell linebacker. Tell me, yeah, because I'm trying to think of other middle linebackers out there that are game changers, not by well, how many tackles they make, but how many interceptions like they flashy have. flashy plays. Or flashy plays, you know? It's not a position for that, know. typically. Your your edge guys make the flashy plays. Yeah. Your corners make the flashy. Your sa- or not, yeah. Even your corners don't. Sometimes your safeties make, like, it's those guys make flashy plays. I mean, your even middle uh, linebackers need to be, they need to be the most reliable players on the defense. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, and and just guys that are always around the ball making plays. I I don't know. I would I would find a way. You want to bring that you can bring that number down. Give him some money. He deserves it. You got it. You know what I mean? Like it'll lower your cap number. Like extend him a year yeah. or two. Give him some money up front. Push he's not it all. old player. No, he's got a lot of gas up and Devin needs him there. If you're counting on Devin, I think I think he he needs a Luakin next to him. Unless you bring in another vet that can make as many plays and save you money. I'm okay with that too, but I don't know. Why get rid of one of the best guys who does it right on and off the field? Now, granted, if he you know, if he's a stickler, like, no, it's I'm I'm not doing anything with my contract, well then maybe you have a decision to make, but uh hopefully you can work that out on the contract side. And I think that if you're a more pessimistic fan and you're listening to this then you've probably said, as we've been talking about Foye Lewican to yourself, well, Trent Balky's only drafted about 700 linebackers. Yeah. You'd think one of those guys can replace him. And that's a, I don't necessarily disagree with that. That's, that might be a fair point. But it doesn't change the fact that all the guys in that room besides Foye are babies. Yeah. Devin Lloyd's still only a third-year player. Mooma's only a third-year player. Ventral Miller has never played a down in the NFL. The, there's not a, enough NFL experience to replace him. Uh, Foye's also his pick. Belkies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep, yep. I mean, he was a big free agent. When we first signed him, everyone was jacked up, and he, he hasn't disappointed. That's the equivalent of If he of a disappointed, it would be different. Then be different. But he hasn't. He's, he's hit every expectation, if not even more so. I think you got to redo it. But the notion that 
you're just going to replace him. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't replace my best interior defender that I have. Don't. All I'll say is, don't pound the table to cut Foyer, and then if they actually do it, be surprised in September and October when they're out of position, doing stuff the wrong way, like. Well, I have a feeling Nielsen ain't going to let that happen. I, I got I a good feeling about Ryan Nielsen, and they, they need it. They I, need a guy like him, in my opinion. I agree. So wouldn't you think, you know, we can't get inside his mind, but wouldn't you think that a guy like Nielsen would really want to keep a guy like Foyer? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I say so. bolster the D-line and keep our backers the way they are. Mm-hmm. I like our four. You know, and if one goes down in the ground, whatever, you know who the four are if we play three, four. Right, Trayvon, Josh, now Devin, and Foyer. Now different position, but same free agent class, and is part of that D line. Yeah, Foley Fadakasi has, mm. in my opinion, under grossly underperformed. Yeah. And I know he's been hurt. I, I know get that. I know the problem with him is his cap hits twelve million, but he's got a nine million dead cap. Yeah, the, the, you can't three million is not enough to justify cutting him, even yeah. though. You have to give him one more year and just see if it works. See if he's helped. Now, I will give him this because I was a big proponent of his because I'd heard great things about him from Jets fans. and and uh, They were pissed to see no, him I know. leave. I know. When healthy, he disrupts things. He does. He does. You, you notice his play when he's out there. I'm not – I don't have to cut him. I don't have to – I don't want to I don't, – I don't need any of them cut. Roy – uh, uh, Hamilton or for, or uh, uh, Foley, but I want some additions. I want more beef. With Foley, and if they can earn themselves into the starting rotation, great. If they're just my backup rotation, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but I got to get at least one. Give me one bad to the bone defensive tackle. And you know what? Maybe Foley's a better end. Maybe he is. I don't know. But give me a badass defensive tackle or a badass nose tackle. And just somebody that's going to make a difference on that defensive line. Because right now, they they haven't had it. And you got, I know what people say out there about Hamilton. And trust me, if you've listened to me over the years, I've been pining for this guy to be a superstar. I thought he was going to be. I still think he'd be a great three technique in a 4-3. But last year wasn't just the injury or the sickness. When he was cleared, he did not play that well. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not saying that. But don't act like, oh, well, he was injured. You know, no. Those last five games, he was cleared healthy to play, and the defense got progressively worse against the run. I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying that that's the reality of it all. So I do need, uh, and maybe it makes him better, but I need I need a badass veteran defensive lineman I'm, or, or one of those big studs from Texas. I'm okay with that, too. Uh, Brian, I think one of them's name is he could be right there at seventeen, but something's got to be done on that defensive line. Talking about uh, Byron Murphy, Murphy, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I call him, Brian, yeah, Murphy. He's a he's a he's a big old boy, yeah, too. They got he's, two of them. There's another kid. I I don't have his name handy, but he's a he's a beast too. They can't move off the line of scrimmage. So if they draft anybody that when their weight is described, a number three starts it. I mean, yeah. You will have no complaints, right? Unless it's Aaron Donald, <laughs> dude. Maybe you get some. You get some three hundred pounders on that D line. Yeah, I will not beef. be upset about that. You need, you need a John Henderson. You need a Stroud. You need a. You need some beef up there, man. You either need difference maker in that regard. You either, and we talked about this a hundred times on this show. You either need 
a an interior D lineman that just that can't be blocked yep. in the passing game and yep. can really get to the QB from the inside, or a guy that just eats blocks. Yeah. And a guy that has to be double teamed. Yeah. You need one of the two. And you took the words right out of my mouth a minute ago. Do you think with Nielsen potentially playing more four three that Fadakasi could play better, or do you think that's overblown? I don't no, know. I think he could be scheme. a five technique, you know, in a four three. Um I don't think he's a nose tackle. I I don't no, no. I he's don't not big think, enough. I don't think he's a nose tackle. I don't think I don't think Hamilton's a nose. I think he's, he gets too high in his stance and they move him. You need a you need a plug. In a know? perfect world, Hamilton would put twenty more pounds on and be a nose. And just be he immovable. still gets up too high. Right. You can't and, you and, can't right. live up high at the nose because it doesn't matter how big we are, how much you weigh, they'll move you. Because there's two of them. You ever try to take on two dudes at one time? And it's just physics. That are wrestling you like your buddies. Like you ever yeah. have two guys? You know, like you think it's hard. <laughs> you're not going to win most of the time unless you're, you know, kicking them in the nuts or something. And it's just physics. I mean, there's yeah. low man Leverage. wins is a phrase for a reason. No doubt. So. All right, that'll do it for this time around. We'll be back on Friday for catching up with Tommy Mack. Hey, Thursday night, uh, the J-Fund uh, Wine Tasting Gala. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I got my J-Fund shirt. You know, it's cool. So, hey, thanks to everybody that came out to Iggy Saturday night for the Dad Bod Show. We had a great time. Hope you did, too. A lot of fun. Great crowd. I got a chance to explain the J-Fund and who Jay McGillis was and how he was my teammate, how he got sick, and what, what Coach Coughlin has done uh, in honor of Jay and his family and built this J-Fund and just an incredible organization that just helps so many people. I got a great over. It was just great. You know, it was great because not everyone knows what the J-Fund, where the, you know, the genesis is from, but uh, we lived it. Us guys at BC, Coach, his family, of course, McGillis family just watching you know, one of our favorite sons just, you know, succumbed to leukemia at the prime of his life. I mean, he was 21 years old. He didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. I swear. I, you know how I was. I was, I wasn't a troublemaker, but I like to have fun and things happen. He was not like, you'd never see Jay out. He wouldn't go out. Like he'd go home, see his high school girlfriend, go see his mom and dad. He, he wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a party or like the rest of us delinquents were at Boston college. You know what I mean? He did it right. And he played great football. He's a tough kid from Brockton and could make a lot of plays. Undersized safety, but could could really run, and he'd hit you, man. He was built like a brick, you know what, uh, and a good, good, tough kid and a great teammate. It was sad when he got sick. Everyone was like, why him? Like, he does nothing wrong. Like, there's so many guys on this team. I don't mean it like that, but you know, you're like, why Why would it happen to Jay McGillis? But what Coach saw and what he, what he witnessed turned into – Building the J Fund, Kelly Coffin, of course, and Coach and and the Rita, all of you, uh, Edie, all do a fantastic job. And even over there at Adaptive Jacks with my daughter Avery helping out with the J Fund, which brings me uh, smiling ear to ear. So hope if you see me out there Thursday night. By the way, it's inside the stadium. It's gonna be badass. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. Come say hello. Me and Bees will be hanging around. My wife's got to go up to Savannah with my youngest, Harley Mae, for a dance competition with Nancy Dance Studios. I'm going to stay home, hold down the fort, go to the J Fund, uh, and uh, Aaron Beasley's my date. So come say hi to us. All right, we're going to have a great time. We'll see you on Friday on Jaguars Today, of course, here on 1010XL from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And then we'll jump right into the podcast studio and give you another edition of Catching Up with Tommy Mack, brought to you by Team Tommy Mack. Till next time, stay safe out there and be cool. 
We'll see you right here on Catching Up with Tommy Mac. Peace.